The following is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to Life as a Life Schooler, where we talk about how to merge life with homeschooling. I'm Danielle Papa Giorgio, and today I am sitting here chatting with my friend Christy Deason, who you may remember from our first episode. And we're just going to tackle this issue of homeschool co ops. Hi, Christy. Hi, Danielle. So give us a brief introduction just for those who may not know who you are and tell us about your homeschooling, life schooling journey, and um, where you are now. Okie doke. Um, I homeschooled my children all the way through, with the exception my daughter did go to first grade. I call it the first grade experiment. <laughs> and I brought her home. And then we homeschooled the whole way through. I have a, a daughter who is now 31, and she is married with a daughter, my granddaughter, who's 15 months old. And I have a son who is 28, and he is also married, no children yet. Um, they both went through homeschooling or life schooling they went to college got jobs got married pretty traditional route actually um i didn't plan on homeschooling my children it kind of just happened when i hit the kindergarten mark with my oldest child my daughter and really just was questioning whether that was the right thing to do or not so she was my guinea pig and we tried all kinds of different things along the way because it was a long time ago there there wasn't a lot of uh there weren't a lot of roadmaps to follow. So we, you know, learned by trial and error, but it was the best experience of my life. I would go back today and do it all over again. And I just really stay in the community to try and encourage moms, parents who are homeschooling now or who want to homeschool because I believe it is the best option for children if you are able to, to, to take it on. Awesome. And I love that you do stay in the community, Christy, because I just think it's it's so important for veteran homeschool moms to to be that Titus, um, what is it, three, Titus three woman, and um, just to share their knowledge and their wisdom, because you spent years doing this. So then the fact that you're giving back is just so wonderful and appreciated. So oh, thank you. I, I hope it helps. I hope it helps yeah. somebody. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I know you. I know it does. So let's talk about co-ops. I know you and I have mm-hmm. had a lot of discussions about this. And, um, you know, it was another one of those topics. I'm like, hey, we got we to gotta do a podcast on this. Because I think I always kind of picture myself as straddling the, the um, kind of straddling the homeschool worlds of those who who did it in the early days and then those who are kind of jumping on the bandwagon and and uh you know it's just so much different today than mm-hmm. it used to be and mm-hmm. I kind of can see both both of those angles from from my vantage point and I think well first of all let's define what is a homeschool co-op because there are so many different options now in homeschooling that the, the waters can get kind of muddy. Um, so right. how would you define a homeschool co-op? A, a true homeschool co-op would be true to the definition of co-op, which is just a shortening of cooperative. 
meaning that a group of people come together in a cooperative effort to meet a stated uh, cooperative or uh, general goal that they've all agreed upon. So a homeschool co-op would be parents who come together to meet needs of their children that they believe all of their children need, and they all work in it to make it happen where parents are there and children are there all at the same time and they're helping each other and it can be where they think okay well we're going to do academic classes or we're going to do just art classes or maybe we're going to make this all about um skills if it more a community that's more wanting to teach their children home economic type things or you know or, uh, the law mm-hmm. skills of baking and woodworking and, and things like that it could be it could be anything like that um that's a true cooperative when the parents are involved they all work together helping each other learn something with their children that's that's really a true cooperative right. um which right. when I, I believe when i was coming up with my kids we had more of those because it was it was they were born out of necessity Mm-hmm. If, if you wanted to build a community and get your children to learn things from other people that maybe either you didn't know or they had more expertise or you just thought, wouldn't this be fun to do this with more people? And that, like in my case, right. the first unorganized or should I say informal co-op we did was, a, was just with a group of uh, two other moms, myself. We had, oh, I don't know, five or six children between us. And they were all around the same age, and we wanted to study. Uh, we were using Greenleaf. We were studying history. And we were in the, um, I don't even know if anyone knows what Greenleaf Press is anymore. Mm-hmm. Great curriculum. Oh, yeah. But we were studying the, oh, they, okay, good. <laughs> we were I know what you're talking uh, about. <laughs> okay. We were studying ancient Greece, and so we thought, uh-huh. wouldn't it be fun to get together and really study and taste the food and wear the costume? And so we would trade off, and every other time it was another mom's turn, and they would the kids would go to her house or come to my house, and we each mom determined what she wanted to do mm-hmm. according to we were all following along the book together, and we would do those things, and it, mm-hmm. the kids had a blast. It was fun. Nothing was graded, nothing was judged. It was for the experience of learning it together, making a meal. You know, my children got to help make a meal for someone else, mm-hmm. and things like that. So, right. so. That's a true cooperative. Right. So it's kind of centered around the community. In your case, these were families that you knew. You had that relationship kind Mm -hmm. of established already. So I think, and, and, you know, I've done a co-op as well with um, mixed feelings. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So I, I guess... And I know you feel the same way. We, we see this trend happening now where while we're not anti-co-op and we've both had our own experiences Mm -hmm. that have been, Mm -hmm. you know, have had their positives as well as their negatives. I think the trend nowadays is almost as though it's expected. Like if you homeschool, well, you, you can't possibly be the one that teaches them everything. You have to have this community. You have to have somebody that is teaching the math or the science because you're not qualified to do that. So, so I want to say at the outset that we're not anti-co-op, but 
I think when you start having this mindset that unless you participate in a co-op, you're just not going to be successful. Um, it's this fear-based, again, that fear-based mindset that you have to do this in order to be successful. Right. And, and Yeah, I would agree with you. Right. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, the trend that we're seeing now is is that so many people it's just like an expectation and I'll tell you the other aspect that really bothers me and I know it bothers you is when it becomes what you just described was really more of a community of of friends helping each Mm -hmm. other um, growing together what we see now is that that has sort of um, evolved into well, we've almost come right back to to where we started and what we left, where they're becoming schools. Um, right. And didn't Definitely. we leave that model for a reason, for many reasons? Right. <laughs> so right. that's the other thing that bothers me, especially when you have these Paris schools. Um, yeah. And, and you're sending your children basically to school. And then the rest right. of the time, you're trying to catch up with whatever work they've assigned. And I just see that as a, a problem, personally. What are your thoughts right. on, on that version of a co-op? Okay. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it has evolved to that point um, where it, 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 I think people, it, it's a bit of a crutch for people, especially coming into homeschooling. Uh, they don't, they're very nervous about it. They don't know what else to do. It's a very easy answer for them to find something that's like school but not school mm-hmm. because that way they feel that they've got everything covered and they feel like they can deal with the work, the academics, in between maybe the one or two days a week that the kids meet. And what the, what's sad is they don't know any differently. They are they believe that's homeschooling when really it's not. It is paraschooling because homeschooling is about what you said about being with your kids in a life schooling manner where you're doing life together and your children are learning as they go along in life and in whatever sort of academic element you've put in there. And there's so many different ways to do that. I won't even. I try not, I won't even try to label one. Um, mm-hmm. but, and what they're missing is the joy of that. They're still working to someone else's schedule. They're working to someone else's standard, and they're still making their children fit into a box. Right. I, I really I really believe that, w- I, well, we did another co-op when my kids got older that was a little more, it was more academic, but it was still fr- families that we knew. It's the reason that we went. And it was still very, um, very light. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it was one of these things that it, I chose it as an option. I saw it as an option to fulfill maybe a, a little space that I wanted to put in where now my kids are getting older, middle school or higher, where, you know, now they wanted to go and maybe take this class with their friend or do this thing with so-and-so's mom or, or, or whatever. And that was in a, in a co-op situation, and that was fine. But it wasn't the sum total of what we did. I wasn't working towards right. that standard. We were not working on that work, that academic work in between those days. We still traveled. We still did all the other extracurricular things that they, you know, if it's going to get labeled 
all those other things. And had I had to give those up, I would not have given it up for a co-op. Yeah. Um, and not to mention, goodness gracious, they are expensive now. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. And that's another reason I would consider them para-schools because a lot of times what is now, it's not a cooperative. You, don't, you go, you leave your kid, pay your money, leave your kid, pick them up in a drive with, you know, just a pickup line, just like at school. You got your name or you're something in the window. You're picking up your kid. I don't know that maybe it's cheaper than your private school, but honestly, I think it's the same thing. I don't yeah. believe you're getting the joy of being home with your children and right. letting things flower. Right. Well, you don't have that freedom. I mean, again, you just hit the nail on the head because you really are just putting them in in another box. You can call it homeschooling, Mm -hmm. but it's really not. It's really not. Not. Um, And and really, when it comes down to it, that this is one of the reasons why I wanted to start calling what we do in our family life schooling because I almost feel like Mm. the term homeschooling has just come to mean at least at least in the region where we live it's really come to mean oh you participate in a co-op or a paraschool or or something of that nature but Mm -hmm. that's not what it is in our family um we are really living life and figuring out on a day-to-day basis what that day holds for us you know what right how how god is going to direct us in that day and what sparks of interest are we going to see that we need to pursue more with our children you can't do that when they're under somebody else's authority and and in no. in an environment where they're expected to check the boxes and learn these certain things um we're just right. going right back into the school into the school system except we put a different label on it and I think right. that's what, when we wanted to talk about this whole co- co-op thing, that's really what we wanted to drive home is just be careful of what that looks like. And, and what is a right. true co-op? Why are you doing it? Right. Why are you doing right. it? This is where you have to get back to your why. Why are you homeschooling? Yes. And stop and right. really consider is what you're doing homeschooling anymore when you don't right. have the freedom in your schedule you don't have the freedom with the education and what they're learning um that you've given up the most valuable things not to mention right. influences now i want to talk about this a little bit too um we put mm-hmm. out in in um, a poll a survey to just kind of figure out um, different people's opinions, if they've participated in a co-op and, and what they thought. And it was interesting because we had really even across the board um, uh, from how many people, how many years people have homeschooled. So we have varying um, levels of, of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, experience. Um, mm-hmm. But it was it was interesting to read the positives and the negatives. And you and I were talking. One of the biggest negatives I think that we we found people answered was the drama, and right. really that comes back down to influences. Um, and right. just to go back, when you did your co-op, this was these were hand selected influences. You were saying, right. okay, these families, these two or three families, I know them. I I like what they're doing with their children, 
their children are good influences, will be good influences on my children. So right. let's come together and let's do this thing. When you participate in a co-op, um, I think that is something that should be a real key consideration. Because again, yeah, it, again, the bottom line of why are we educating our children at home? It's to produce godly children of strong character. That's number one. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things, all the academics, all this other stuff will be added. We need to make that our primary focus is their character and their hearts. So I think rather than allowing ourselves to be controlled by this fear and this thought of, well, they have to, they have to get all of this knowledge, they have to know all these things, if we would start with what is truly important, their character, and, and who is going to be an influence on them, then the rest of that falls into place. So, right. so that would be my thought number one, is who are they right. going to be around? Yes. When that's you're considering. It's a big thing. Right. My son did go to one area place um, that was probably the first professional Paris school around here. Mm-hmm. And he went, and um, turns out there was a really, uh, probably not so good influence of kids in his level, just like you'd have in school. Some schools, they get these classes that are just great classes of kids, and then it comes along this next class, and <laughs> whoa, watch out. And this <laughs> I think that was, was our one class of the <laughs> in school. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were notorious. one of those whoa, watch out classes. And I'm not talking Mickey Mouse stuff. I'm talking these kids were into drugs. They were into all kinds of things. Wow. The same thing as kids in school, because a lot of times what will happen is kids will get put into homeschool co-ops because they didn't know what else to do with these kids. They had been, you know, thrown out of the public school system, mm-hmm. the public, the private system either mm-hmm. had them and put them out or wouldn't take them. Mm-hmm. So they, they resort to homeschooling, and then they throw them into these co-ops that will let them come all day and really... So you're not really homeschooling. You got your kid in this situation, and I know this is not the the rule. This is an exception, mm-hmm. but you know, one it's it, one it, kid it can influence a lot. Yes, and so my son started to see some of that stuff happen. So he separated himself from a friend that was in that group because of that, because he wasn't going to go along with it. And I don't mean that like, oh, my son's better than your son type thing. I I, I thank God for His mercy and His grace in that situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that my son made that choice and not saying my son's better I'm just saying I'm very grateful he didn't make mm-hmm. the same choices and so you and then we we just stopped and he was my goodness 15 or 16 by then and we so he finished he was taking a new testament a class a new testament class and he really enjoyed that class but after that we we just we we left um right. and I think parents don't think about that either they think well they're all homeschoolers right well, no, that's not what you should tell yourself. They're all children. Yeah. Well, They're all people. And not everybody, it, it's such a good point, because not every parent is homeschooling because of the same reasons that you're homeschooling. And that yeah. that um, is a big factor, because as you just pointed mm-hmm. out, there are some parents that they're homeschooling because they don't have any choice. Okay. Right. Like, and so are they the ones that are going to bring their children home and spend all day with them and really pour into them? I don't, I don't want to malign 
a parent's character. I know every child makes their own decisions and we can't put all right. the responsibility on the parents. But at the same time, right. there, are, there are a lot of parents that are uninvolved and that's why their children have ended up mm -hmm. getting kicked out and they now have to homeschool. And those yes. same parents, they're not the ones that want to be home with their kid all day. No. They're going to send them to a parish school. They're going to get them into a co-op, whatever way they can, so that somebody else can take care of the problems. Um, right. That, that's, sadly, that's the route they're going to take. And those children right. are out there. Um, so that is definitely something to be aware of. Um, it is. So I think... I think it is. It, well, and I will tell you this. I watched some of these kids who were not that way before. I watched them go by the wayside because of mm -hmm. these influences. And they have wonderful parents. Mm -hmm. I'm with mm -hmm. you. I'm not going to, I don't sit there and say, oh, I'm such a great parent. My kids never, no way. It's the grace and mercy of God. Right. And, and that's the only explanation for that. And so I watched perfectly wonderful parents lose their children to some mm -hmm. things that, have taken years to either repair or they haven't repaired them and mm -hmm. not that they haven't repaired them they haven't been repaired and you know so if we want to and if people are okay with that then just put your child in school and get your eight hours back right that's what i <laughs> may sound right. kind of crass but <laughs> no it's 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 true i mean right 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 well, what else? Like you said, what else, why, really, why are you homeschooling? If it's not to have this effect on your child, not to have this advantage with your child, then why are you doing it? Right. I'm with you. Right, exactly. Yeah. Something else that mm -hmm. someone mentioned, this, this was our experience with co-op. I'll just dive into that a little bit while we're on the topic. Okay. Um, so we did co-op for one year. And again, there were some positives about it, and th and there were some mm -hmm. negatives. Um, mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest negatives, just as a homeschooling parent, to me, and then we can talk about the negatives for my kids in in a minute. But this was a co-op that met on a Tuesday. Okay, this is why okay. I, I want to emphasize to parents: if you're looking for a co-op, think about the scheduling, think about the day. And how much time right. that it takes because Tuesday is a bad day. <laughs> I'm just gonna say Tuesday's a bad day. So is Wednesday. Um, <laughs> in fact, so is Monday. All right, I'm just knocking them all off here. <laughs> Let me tell you the day you're you need leaving to bed. two days here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is my humble opinion. Friday, okay, Friday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the reason why, yeah. I just feel like when you have something right in the middle of the week somewhere, it throws your whole week off. Monday would be okay, except that for me personally, I feel like you're coming off that weekend, you want to be able to mm -hmm. just jump in with both feet into, into mm -hmm. your stuff okay because over the weekend i don't know about the rest of you but my kitchen gets a little out of hand dishes pile up a bit mm -hmm. you know laundry mm -hmm. may back up a little laundry dad is off work you're trying to fit in some right. family time have some fun so i feel like monday's not an ideal day because of that um tuesday mm -hmm. was was not good okay <laughs> i um right i would feel like monday i was catching up on life the house trying to jump into a new week with the kids with homeschooling but we didn't mm -hmm. really get that firm running start so then tuesday comes right. along i'm scrambling to get my stuff together for for co-op trying to 
you know, have an art class ready, um, gathering supplies, pretending, you know, I have some sort of lesson. (laughs) Uh, Thank the Lord for the hour before that I was in like the nursery because I would usually sit there and flip (laughs) through my book like, what am I going to say today? Okay. (laughs) Um, All right. I'm being real. Like there are parents like me there. Do you want your kids being taught by my parents like me that are scrambling? Um, That's right. Kind of a joke, but but you know, really, we well, all have. Yeah, but you weren't alone either, <laughs> I, right? Exactly. It's it's hard when you have other people depending on you, and every week is different. You know, you have things yeah. that come up. You have sick kids. You have um, right. emergencies and and things you're not expecting. You have to take that into consideration. Do you want to put that on your plate as a regular thing you're doing? Maybe maybe it will work for you. Um, but this was my experience. So then Tuesday, we never could really get into the groove of, of homeschooling because then you've got the co-op and then Wednesday you're trying to start homeschooling your week's half over um, so you get a little momentum going then it's Thursday already um, yeah and then Friday you know most of us are clicking into weekend mode by Friday we, we don't like to admit mm-hmm. that maybe but we just are and you want to do field oh. trips and fun stuff so right you know, so it threw off our whole momentum, and I just felt like it was really hard for me as a homeschooling mom to feel mm-hmm. like I had my life in order. Um, right. So that oh, was kind right. of my experience. Now, again, I'm a type B. I am not a type A. So for those me of you neither. that are that are planners and you're really on top of things, your mileage may vary. Um, but that was my experience. <laughs> mileage may vary. <laughs> I like that. I don't know. Um, but that was just my experience. Now, again, mm-hmm. talking about the influences, ours was a really good co-op. We had some some really good families involved. Um, but anytime the more people you have, again, I just think the more possible issues that are going to come up. And there was mm-hmm. one, my daughter was only five at the time. So she was very impressionable, very sensitive. She has an artistic, sensitive nature to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. There was another little girl that was a couple years older, and, and my daughter, Elena, has always gotten along better with older kids. It's just um, She's just very mature for her age. But older kids don't necessarily want to play with a five-year-old girl. And right. that was a real... I had no idea how much of a... That made a huge impression on Elena, and it was a, a real heartbreak to her that this little girl that she really wanted to be friends with just wanted nothing to do with her the whole year. Um, so I think when your children are younger especially, you need to be really careful because they're very impressionable and they're sensitive, and things may happen that even being there the whole time, you may not be fully aware of. Um mm-hmm. So that is definitely another thing to to think about. Um, and I know you yeah. were saying before, Christy, that, that you don't feel like in the younger ages they're really as necessary, at least academically, they're not something that that is really as crucial as maybe when they get high school age and you're really wanting to get some of these um, classes taken care oh, yeah. of, chemistry, things like that. No, I, my personal opinion on anything like that, anything outside the home from the time they're, you know, little till 11 years old, I really feel should be, 
like I described before, just with families that you know, non-academic, and mm-hmm. as much as like, you know, math or science or reading anything that's fundamental. I mean, history is something that's always fun to learn about, learning about other cultures, even doing map things. I mean, we did salt bay maps. We did all mm-hmm. kinds of things like that to learn about something. I think it's great if you got friends and you get your kids together and you do that. I think it's a lot of fun. It's good fellowship for the moms. I'm all about fellowshipping with other homeschool moms. But I don't believe in doing anything academic with children and I know that is not a popular opinion in this day and age of many popular groups mm-hmm. that start out children really young, very academically um, and very regimented and with, you know, lofty goals and right intentions. But personally, I don't believe that it's the way to go with children. I think that your children are only that young once. Yeah. And they are not looking to go and learn from Miss So-and-so or Miss So-and-so, who, yes, they're going to like, and, yes, they're going to give them little Christmas gifts, and, yes, it's reminiscent of your memories maybe of school, mm-hmm. your rosy memories. But um, I don't believe that's really what the children want. I believe the parents, and it's not all about what the children want. I'm not a child-centric mm-hmm. person. I'm not saying that. But I think overall it's best for children to learn in a in their home environment and yes mm-hmm. with other children given if if things are as they should be in your eyes with the other families and yes it's great other homeschool moms but no i do not believe in strict academics for young yeah. children out at home even mm-hmm. much less outside the home that's that's my philosophy i realize that is my philosophy but well, it, I've also observed and, a lot of families over the years. And, and it's just, not just yeah. your, yeah, it's not just your philosophy either. You know, I mean, like, no, there, there's no, plenty not. of science to back that up. So, there is. I mean, right. absolutely, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. And I just think that also you can burn your children out as homeschoolers. They can get oh, very yeah. burnt out. Yeah. So. Well, and I think that's a really good test, too. I think for moms mm-hmm. to ask themselves is why, why are we doing this? Are we doing this mm-hmm. because there is a real need or are we doing this because of my own stress and my perceived need that we have to yeah. do this? Um, you know, and really, again, yeah. just yeah. going back to praying about it. We always forget, but the, the answer is so simple. Just pray. Ask the Lord, does he really want you to do that? Is that what he has for your family? But, you know, if it's something that's going to stress you out and make you feel burdened and tied to somebody else's ways of doing things, um, you know, maybe that's not, maybe that's not the best thing. Because your children, they will pick up on that stress and like you just said, you want the memories of their childhood. You want that time to be a time of building relationships and really tying those heartstrings tight. So when they get older right. into those difficult teen years, they'll come to you and you'll have that strong relationship right. already built. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't want to sound too dramatic. I'm not saying if you do a co-op, you won't have a relationship with your children and they're going to go off the deep end. And, right. You know, you know, it's not like that. Right. But, but we're just saying balance. We're just saying right, look, exactly. look for ways where you can get those benefits, but it's balanced and not 
over the top and stressing stressing you out. Right, and I, I think the way to do that too is sometimes you don't know until you try it. Looks, mm-hmm. good. I mean, how many times did I do this? Looks good. Gonna try it. Tried it. No, it's not working. So throw mm-hmm. it out. I think mm-hmm. that's the thing. A lot of parents feel like, no, by golly, if you make a commitment, then you must <laughs> stay through. But I think it's you know it's old Kenny Rogers. You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. So <laughs> I think many times you fold. Um, And it's okay. And you're showing your children the very same thing, you know. And there's that balance, too, of, and only you know from your own, who you are and who your children are of when it's okay to to throw the towel. You don't leave people in the lurch. You find Mm -hmm. the right time and you just say, you know what, we're not going to recommit next semester or whatever. Unless it's a dire situation where obviously you would pull out midstream. But I think it's okay to try something, and as long as you're willing to say, you know what, this doesn't work in the context of our why, of why we're doing this life-schooling thing. This doesn't fit the context. Therefore, where it, it, it goes. Because mm-hmm. that way, it's not ruling you. If it's ruling you, then, then that's a bad sign. Exactly. That's the perfect way to put it. You know, are, are you in charge, or is... Or is this thing ruling you? Mm-hmm. So I think... And it, it could work for one year and not work the next. Right. Absolutely. We've done things like that, too, where it's like, for a well, season, this was good. Now's not that mm-hmm. season. And, and you right. move on, and, and you have to be okay with that. So, And I really think, Danielle, that's the crux of it. I think, mm-hmm. honestly, that is the crux of it, because what I see in contrast is families signing up for a program... And now they feel like they must live to the program, serve the program. Right. And the program rules their lives and I think keeps them from experiencing much of life they could be experiencing together. And But they're not, you know, for one thing, some of them paid so much money, they, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. you know, I got to at least get my money's worth. Um, or they just feel like, okay, but we've made this commitment and that's the thing. This is the crux of it. If you, that's okay. If you're willing to say, if it doesn't work, we will not continue. Right. Exactly. I mean, in a nutshell. Exactly. I totally so. agree. Yeah. So try, try it. If you feel led to try it and then be okay with, right. with quitting. Don't call it quitting. You yeah. know, you're just, you're shifting. Exactly. <laughs> call it something you else. Are. You're shifting to what works better for your family and what you're called to do. Right. So, well, are we not called to shift in our lives all uh, the yeah. time? All the time. All the time, That's constantly. Life. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've yeah. talked about some of the, we've talked about the negatives, the pitfalls. So somebody who's looking for a co-op, we've kind of been through, I'm just sort of recapping for those who are listening. And I didn't write this down, but just as we've been talking, this is what's sort of come to the surface in this discussion. And I love discussions like this because you just sort of, you know, you just, we're hashing things out here. We're solving problems here, Christy. <laughs> solving the world's That's problems. Cool. One podcast episode right. at a time. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but, but I think what's risen to the surface here for me is if we're looking for a co-op, it should be ideally, okay, and this is just a rough, these aren't hard and fast rules. It's not the Ten Commandments here. But, but um, a good idea is to look for one that is small, one that mm-hmm. is um, 
particularly if your kids are younger, one that is more fun focused, less academic focused. Mm-hmm. Um, one where you know the families involved or a good majority of them. Um, yeah. And what else? I feel like I've, I've hit on most of the things we've talked about, the important aspects. One that really fills a need. If there's one no that need, fills a need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Not just doing it because everybody does it. Right. Well, and that was the thing that, that came up in the survey questions. A lot of people mentioned the benefit as being that social aspect and getting together with friends. And, oh, some sure. of the, I, I need to read some of the <laughs> comments that we got because there was one in particular. You and I didn't talk about this yet, but I cracked up when I read it. Okay. Um, let me see if I can find it here. That was the thing that really came out to me, though, was a lot of people talked about just the connections and the relationships yeah. that were established yeah. through that. Um, right. I think it's down on this question. Now, you know, I can't, I can't find it. You probably know which one I'm talking about, though. Something about their child said that they didn't want the Lord. They, their child was praying that the Lord wouldn't come back until co-op was over. <laughs> Because they oh love their friends so much. Did you read that <laughs> That's one? That's a good co-op. <laughs> that was a good co-op, let me tell you. And also a good co-op was the, was the one where the mom said that there were absolutely no disadvantages. She loved it 100%. None. <laughs> none. There were but the, none. But she did go on to say some disadvantages, so we kind of chuckled a little bit about that. But, um, you know, there are good ones out there. There are moms and kids that are really, really happy with what they've found. So we don't want to diminish that at all. But um, no, but I wanted to make a point, Christy, because, again, Mm -hmm. just sort of being in this position of straddling um, the two worlds of all of these new young homeschoolers coming in and the ones that I've seen, uh, the veterans like you that have have walked this road. And I sort of got to when my kids were young, learn from all of you. Um, and I'm still learning, but something that that I saw when when my kids were younger, something that I really loved that we have lost, at least here in the area where we live, is just the casual park days, the get-togethers, the field oh, trips. Yeah. You know, I miss that. And I have tried, right. I've tried to do park days. We had a couple, um, and we'll, we'll keep on doing them. If you're in the Charlotte area, I want you to know I'm not giving up that easily, okay? <laughs> because park days were wonderful, and they fulfilled a lot of these needs that people put on our survey that, that they, they felt the co-op um, met, these needs of, of social interaction for both the moms and, and dads who are homeschooling and the kids. Park days fulfilled that so beautifully. And you could choose if you had a busy week and you just really had to focus in on, on your homeschooling. You didn't have to go to park day. You could stay home right. and choose to do that. You right. can't do you could that. Travel. Right, exactly. <laughs> you can't do that when you're tied into a co-op. You have an obligation every week to be there. Um, maybe you can if you have right. a casual a casual kind of co-op, which is what you know we're kind of advising you look for but it's just hard it's hard when you have that weekly commitment park days i loved park days and i got to know i still have friends to this day that i met when my 
my oldest is 17 now, when he was like four or five and we started going to park day, um, I still have friends that we don't talk very often at all. But when we do, we connect again. And it's like, oh, how are your kids? And it's just you have that connection. And then field trips. Field trips were awesome because it just it's so life schooly, you know, it gives your kids that real look into the real world and and how does the post office operate and and how how do they do the recycling at the recycling center? Um, there are so many fun things that we could do with our kids to get them out of the house and to be around other homeschoolers. And if you have a field trip where you have rowdy kids and disobedient and terrible kids on the field trip, you don't have to see them again, you know, next week. Um, you might That's see them true. again on another field trip, but I think then it's just an opportunity because you're right there, um, even more so than in a co-op when the kids are off in their classroom, you're right there and you can use those times as teaching moments. And yeah, did you see right. the way that he talked back to his mommy? That was really bad. We don't do that because the Bible right. says that we're to respect our elders. And, you know, it's just, you're, you're more involved that way, I think. Um, than, yeah. than with a yeah. lot of co-ops. Um, again, not necessarily well, the kind that you did, but but yeah, it just I just miss those park days and those field trips that we used to do so often. Well, you know, I think a part of the reason for that going away too, though, Danielle, is because moms, because it's mostly moms who, who home educate, and I really believe a big part of the problem is they don't trust themselves. Mm-hmm. They they mm-hmm. trust some another mother to take care of their child and as much as teach them something more than they do themselves. Yeah. And so many times, because anybody that sets up themselves as a teacher, they consider, oh, well, you're a teacher, you know, then you mm-hmm. must know better than right. I do. Right. And you know, if you're worried about subject matter experts, well, okay, maybe you're not a subject matter expert on biology of course that's in high school and I'm going to give you that one no I didn't teach my children biology someone else did but they Mm -hmm. were in high school right but when they are young you are the subject matter expert on your child you are the SME on your Mm -hmm. child yes you are Mm -hmm. and because you know what their little expressions on their faces mean you can read their faces, you can read their body language, you can predict their behavior pretty much by the time of day. And you care. Mm-hmm. No one cares for your child as much as you do. I might think your child is awesome and so adorable, and I might even love your child, not like you, and I don't know right. them like you. Mm-hmm. And it's not my responsibility like it is yours. It doesn't mean you never leave your children. It just means you're going to miss out on an opportunity with them because you might notice that they were really interested in this one thing and another the other person just blew it by time to move on and your child missed whatever that little thing was that had you been right there with them you could have helped them explore and that is the reason we homeschool is it not i'm going to go back Mm -hmm. to that if you're not homeschooling for those reasons because you believe you are the best person to teach your child you believe that they will learn best from you, especially when they're young, that you believe that time spent with you is valuable and important and that you have that confidence, then why are you homeschooling mm-hmm. if you don't believe that? Well, Christine, I mean, you need to believe it. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, I think here in Charlotte, why people aren't homeschooling, I mean, why they're homeschooling instead of sending them to school is because they don't truly have the heart for homeschooling. It's their last resort. They don't want to send their kids to Charlotte Mecklenburg schools. Um, let's just be honest, you know, um, they're terrible. I'm just going to say that because they are. Um, (laughs) and so that I think is why for the private schools, Right. Right. And that's, I think one of the biggest issues to the homeschooling culture here where we are is that the heart of homeschooling has been lost because it's just people's last resort. It's just what they're doing because they don't know of any other options. And that's not everybody, obviously. And I think, I think a lot of times after they've been doing it a few years, they do develop that heart. I, I did not have this kind of a heart when I first started. It was my last resort. I am either. You know, it was, we were in California and, you know, we weren't going to send our kids to public school in California. No way. Um, but we didn't, we didn't have the money to send them to private school. So yeah, it was our last resort, but it's just, it's sad to me. And it's just my prayer that it doesn't stay that way. That moms. Me too, because I believe all these moms love their children mm-hmm. it's oh, not they that do. they do they, they all do. love them yeah they do absolutely. but we've been brainwashed it's a cultural thing and we've been brainwashed to think that we can't do this that we're not as effective and all the statistics prove otherwise i mean homeschooling right. moms are successful homeschooled kids are successful if yeah. they can keep this heart of why they're doing it and not given to the fear because that's the irony is a lot of times when we turn back to these systems and and start trying to do things like the schools do it we lose a lot of the advantages we lose the advantage of the one-on-one teaching from someone who truly loves this child more than anybody else in the world could you just can't you cannot compensate for that you just can't right teaching when you love your children like you do and you're teaching them one-on-one and like you said you're seeing those expressions and you're interacting with that child there is something powerful about that that cannot be duplicated in any other system and environment yep and statistics prove that and you know know, go ahead no i was just going to say you're right and it does build the bonds that you were referring to as well Mm -hmm. and it's not anything visible it Mm -hmm. is invisible but you do see it later. It, for example, just this past Christmas, my 31-year-old daughter gave a stuffed little wishbone dog, I'll explain wishbone in a minute, to Michael, her, her brother, and to me, and had one for herself. Wishbone was a character on PBS, a little Jack Russell, who they did these um, shows about, and he would uh, act out the classics. Um, hmm. The classic stories. They were really good. Y'all should look them up. Wishbone. Yeah. And so that's that's what had us. We ended up getting a Jack Russell Terrier terrorist because of it. <laughs> and he was a great dog for 16 years. But she gave us that this Christmas because that was one of our wonderful memories in our being together, the three of us, every day. Because Dad was out supporting us, so I could be home and. Uh, wishbone, the little wishbone stuffed dog was her way of remembering. She just came upon them on Amazon or something hmm. and ordered each one of us, the three of us, one, so we could each have one as a momentum of our days together when we would watch 
wishbone Aww. and learn the classics from him. And also, you know, it's a memory also of our dog that we got as a result of wishbone. And she's 31 years old, and she these things stay with them. Mm. The bonds, the little things that you do that you think mean nothing, the little th- you don't even notice when they become adults, they remember their memory. And you'll be like, really? That's what you you remember that? Wow, <laughs> that meant something to you. I didn't realize that meant something to you. We're con- We're such an instant society that we're looking for instant results, and you cannot right. do that in home education and life school. And you have to let it play out. Trust the process. Mm-hmm. Trust God. That in the end, not, not no, you may not have your expected outcome because you don't know when the end is. The end isn't 18, people. Right. The end, <laughs> this is a lifelong thing. Right. But, but they, they will remember. And this is your best shot. It's your best shot. So I always tell people that I counsel, do what you believe you're supposed to do in the manner in which you feel led and believe you're supposed to do and do it to the best of your ability so that when you get to whatever point it is that you're going to look back and say, I know that I did what I believe God called me to do. I did it the Mm -hmm. best that I could do to the best of my ability, given what I had at the time. So you don't have those regrets. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that looks different for every mom. Exactly. Because every family is different. Every child is different. There's similarities, but they're also individuals. They're not mm-hmm. little cookie cutters. You can't have cookie cutters even in your own home. Yep. So exactly. that's what I tell everyone. This is why you, it's a process. So you choose as you go. If it doesn't work, shift. Make another choice. Make another choice. But Absolutely. It's that whole tapestry example, you know, people give. We mm-hmm. are on the underside and we see all the strings and things. You won't see the other side, the finished product, for a long time, but you've got to trust the process. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, you know, we're coming down to the end of the episode here, so I think we'll just wrap it up by, um, do you have any final thoughts? I think we've basically summed it up by saying, long story short, pray, figure out, is this what's right Mm -hmm. for your family, being involved in a co-op? And really consider a lot of these things that we've we've brought up as potential pitfalls and and how you can avoid those. Right, right. So, I mean, it's guard guard your heart, guard your home. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think we will go ahead and close it out with that. Christy, thank you for joining me. It is always so fun to hash through things and talk with you and. You know, it's just, I, I hope that this has been a blessing. I'm sure it's been a blessing to my listeners, and um, I know it's been a blessing to me. Well, to me also. Thank you for having me on, Danielle. Appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's Life as a Life Schooler. Hope you'll join us again next time. <laughs>